0: Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Oh yeah, we're back. I don't know what episode this is. I lost count. Can't count anything right now. Quarantine's got me going crazy. Hope you guys are doing good out there. Stay insane. Uh, the Border Podcast. Scotty the Body here, and man, got a great guest this week. This time, known this guy for a super long time, very long time, going back to the old days of skate park at Tampa. Uh, he was a professional skateboarder, Foundation Skateboards in Santa Cruz. Uh, he was in cocktails, I believe is one of the videos he was featured in and, um, just, I've traveled the world with this guy over the last couple of years, uh, doing Vance Park series and other events through the border. So let's go ahead and bring in, uh, judging extraordinaire and former professional skateboarder. We got Jason Rothmeyer on the, on the line. Jason, thanks for joining us.
1: Thanks, buddy. Great to be here.
0: Hell yeah, right in the middle of uh, the NBA playoffs. I know you're a big, big Lakers fan and they seem to be doing pretty good right now. I just follow along was, in, I, in a chat.
1: I was going to say you, you caught me on a good day, man, because they won last night. Yeah, I'm, yep. I'm in a good mood. If you would have caught me after game one, I would have been all bummed and pissed off. So you got me in a good spot. Uh,
0: I just watch basketball through a, a group chat that I'm in where my boys all uh, gamble on it and just senselessly talk about, talk about it so i just follow it through there and get live updates i wa- I did watch a little bit of the game last night it was good uh yeah
1: good fourth good fourth quarter yeah, good yeah. Fourth quarter uh, out. They, they, they took control of the series so i'm, I'm feeling good i'm getting a little a little nervous about the conference finals if they make it that far so yes and we'll
0: see. and so yes you're a huge lakers fan because you are from long beach you're you're born and raised in long beach or just raised
1: uh, raised since I was probably I want to say two or three. I moved uh, to Long Beach, so I've been there since since mostly day one. And you were born since day you know day two years old. I was born in Northern California. Oh okay. In so you know, a little tiny town called Yreka. That's just you know the town that everyone takes a picture of in front of the the sign that says Weed California. Yes. Yreka is just north of that. Oh
0: okay, I got you. Yeah. All right, so you so. you've pretty much spent your whole life in Long Beach. And uh, you actually went to high school with Snoop
2: Dogg?
1: Yeah, um, that's that's uh, Long Beach Poly High. That's that's where a whole bunch of heads. are. And like, did you he... ever went to high? Yeah, hey, you know who went to high school there? Fucking Carl Weathers, bro. All right. Apollo, Apollo Creed.
0: Oh, okay. I got you. Got you.
1: Yeah, yeah. I thought you might be hyped on that Apollo. Creed.
0: <laughs> that's tight. But,
1: yes. Snoop Dogg, Cameron Diaz, the whole squad—they were all there when I was there.
0: Yeah, so you and you did go to high school with Cameron Diaz as well.
1: Uh, elementary school, kindergarten, all the way through high school.
0: And I've—I've I've heard a story that you—you you actually took her to the prom.
1: Uh we went with those four of us that went to the junior prom together. So it wasn't like we really it was went to the prom together. Prom group, but it was like, pr- uh, like me and my homie Jeremy. And then this girl, Liz, and Cameron. You you so have photos, photos
0: that are arguably you and Cameron Diaz at the prom together.
1: Oh yeah, I got those. I got yearbooks, all this, all the stuff, all all of that. Yeah,
0: and and that's awesome. Whenever you're uh, battling battling the wife, it's like, man, I should have taken Cameron. <laughs> Could
1: have ended up with Cameron, man. What's yeah, the I
0: chose you over Cameron Diaz. Yeah,
1: gotta pull that out sometimes.
0: Yes. So yeah, girl. Uh, Growing up in the Long Beach skate scene, the first, actually, the first time I remember like either seeing your name or seeing something of you was actually in the uh, Long Beach retrospective in 411 a long time ago when that was when 411s were super hot. But I actually went back and tried, watched that because I wanted to shout out the clip. And you actually just get shouted out. You don't have a clip.
1: I know. No clips in it, man. I was kind of already. Getting phased out by then, it was like Toya, G, okay, uh, you know, all those dudes were in it, and uh, yeah, for some reason, I don't know why, I didn't clock any footage for it. I mean, that was probably, was that '97?
0: Uh,
2: sounds about 90, right. Yeah,
1: I think it might have been like '97, '98. I was pretty much done being pro by then. Okay, I, I hung, I hung up the, hung up the footage by about probably about then '96, '97 was probably my last part. Was like '90 six or so when i was pro
0: so all right and then
1: short short career all right and then um
0: one other guy that was that was in that uh metrospective was stefan atardo and yeah of course everybody in skateboarding knows stefan atardo's brother dj wade um just wanted to shout that out real quick the connection of uh some of these dudes dj wade might be a good strong guest for a future episode of this of this year program i have to put that in the news for later
1: a lot of editing on that one i bet he won't want to edit me.
0: anything <laughs> but um but uh speaking of DJ Wade you you don't drink you don't smoke um no nope, neither one all right but never got d- never
1: got a taste never got a taste for it
0: okay but d- do i remember you telling me a story about uh possibly maybe you like ate some some brownies on accident
1: Uh, No, it wasn't on accident. It was definitely, uh, I just didn't think it would do anything to me, but that was the only only time I ever really got high was my brother had made, like, a massive thing of uh, of pot brownies. Uh, I was probably 16, and uh, he put, like, a big sign on it that was, like, weed brownies, uh, do not eat or get stoned or something like that. And I was, like, man, I love fucking brownies, dude. I seriously will get down on a pan of, like, Betty Crocker oh, yeah. like brownies. I've seen. And so I was. I went over and smashed like four of them. Ooh. And then uh, we were like watching skate videos and we were like, yeah, I don't really feel anything. It was like 20 minutes later, we're like, yeah, nothing's happening. So I guess no big deal. And so we went skating and then like a half an hour later, I was annihilated. I was so bummed. I, cause I was, <laughs> you know, I was super bummed because I couldn't turn it off. And I was like, I just don't want to be high anymore. I want to be. I want to fucking skate right now, and I couldn't do it. And so um, I was like, "All right, uh, never doing that again." So pretty, pretty simple. Same thing with with drinking. I got super, super drunk around that same time. I was like, "Man, this shit sucks."
0: Okay, so you have <laughs> so you have drank before.
1: Yeah. Okay. That was it. though, same thing. Like it was almost like um, a version reaction therapy. You know, got they, like, make a kid. Make a kid sit in the closet, and smoke eight hundred cigarettes until yeah. he gets sick of it. I did that with like alcohol and and weed. On one one times, I didn't like it so I never went back to it. And then I would have started listening to hardcore music. And then you're just like, oh, I'm a straight edger. Oh, okay. But then at, at some point, I was like, you know what? Uh, I mean, it's, I'm too old to start now. So I just never did.
0: All right. But uh, that that doesn't mean that you don't have one particular vice that that I also love love to share.
1: I don't. I don't even know what you're talking about. Man.
0: Oh, come on, man! You know I'm talking about the <laughs> the, the, the gambling, the sports betting, the cards, the uh, the solo trips to Vegas to play video poker and hunt snakes. Um, That's it, man.
1: That's it. Uh, I got a whole drawer. I got a whole drawer full of chips right next to me, right while we're talking right now. I'm just gonna take me hear that. Ooh, yeah, nice. you got nice, that. <laughs> nice. See, I usually
0: collect one chip from every casino I go to. Believe- I did
1: that. I used to do that. Those are all old ones. Those are like old, like '90s, like Caesar's Palace. Okay. Like yeah, because I, I was gonna say guy.
0: I, I use, that's usually the only chip that I leave with.
1: Yep, the one dollar chip. Yes. Yeah.
0: But um, yeah, hell yeah, you're you're a you're a VIP, big, huge whale at, at Bally's. I hear.
1: <laughs> uh, I I mean I'm not gonna lie. I do have a host, and we're on a first name basis. He knows when I hit him up. To get me uh, what I'm looking for when I was there uh, uh, two weeks ago, I was in Vegas and he was like, man, I'm so bummed because the, uh, the Raiders just moved to Vegas, right? And he was like, he's like, dude, I got free seats whenever you want to come watch the Raiders, but there's no fans this year. Yeah, I I'm was like, I'll uh, be there next time. Dude,
0: that sucks because uh, the, the the Buccaneers actually play in Vegas this year. And
1: I would. I did. I would have been able to take us, man. It would have been amazing. He's like, he's like, we, he's like, we got two hundred go seats. He's like, we got two hundred seats. I'll give you like four seats for any game you want to go to. I'm like, Damn it! So hey, next year,
0: the next time next they play, year we're we going. Go, I'll, dude, I'll go out there just for a hey, random game.
1: What about the the Bengals or the Bills? Yes. I mean, I know you got some teams. You got teams. yeah, yeah, got yeah
0: of course, of course. And uh, we've we've definitely tangled on the felt before on the Texas Hold'em realm. Uh, For sure. You you owned me really hard that one time in Vegas. Uh, <laughs> I was under the impression we were playing kind of like a friendly game because it was like six or seven of our homies on the table. And you just want to go ahead and bluff me out of like one of the biggest pots of the night. Thank you.
1: I believe you had two pairs. I had two pairs. I a, know you had and two pairs. A, pair, uh, and a, a
0: flush came out on the river. And, uh,
1: and I bet it hard
0: on the river that real, real big. And I was just like, man, like I was just, ah, oh, man. But
1: that, that, that couldn't have hurt nearly as bad as this Tampa one though. Oh, that one hurt the worst. Dude, I, that, that had to have hurt. The worst. Oh
0: my gosh. That one, I actually, uh, when I get ready for these episodes, I, I kind of write a little outline of where, of certain talking points and two points are you saw me, you bluffed a huge hand on me. And then you saw me on the runner-runner against Jake Brown.
1: Uh, yeah. I mean, we can get into that if you want now, or we can go into it later. It's up to well, you. I
0: mean, we're talking about gambling. Might as well talk about it right now. Uh, so
1: you want the backstory on how those games started? Yeah. So uh, I started judging Tampa AM. It's Tampa Pro. Uh, Tampa AM was the first time I did it was with Spanky1. So I think that was 2002. And I think Tampa Pro, my first one, um, was about around the same time. And so maybe after like one year of doing it or two years of doing it, uh we we definitely were going out. I think I don't think the Hard Rock was open by then. But uh, we we're all itching to gamble oh, no, we the, the right. Hard
0: Rock was open, but they only had Limit. They had like one, two, Oh, limit. they had
1: Limit. Okay, so I did go to I get I did go and play Limit a couple times. I played the seven card stud and I played Limit Poker there for a while. And then we had enough people where it was like Frasier, me, Muldoon, Friedberg. You know, we had a a good enough squad that we wanted to get a home game going instead of going to the casino. And so I asked Clements, hey, can you just give me the keys to the park? And I want to set up a home game inside the park. And we would just, because the course didn't have an alarm on it. So we couldn't go in the offices, but he's like, yeah, you can have the key to the roll-up door. And then you could just be in the park for, for to ho- however long you want. Yep. And so we would set up, Frazier would bring a table, a poker table down and we would set up and then we would tell whoever wanted to play, depending on whether it was Tampa am or Tampa pro Tampa am is usually more, uh, judges and like, uh, you know, Fraser, uh, me, a couple more judges. Uh, Alex mole was there usually a lot, whenever he would judge with us. Um, uh, Muldoon, um, we had, you know, we'd have usually like a six-person, seven-person game, but then Tampa Pro would come around, and we would have a really good squad of like Fred Gall, Jake Brown, Duffy, Nate Jones was there a lot of times, um, and and you know it was definitely like a good Billy Marks every time he would start coming in.
0: Oh yeah, I had uh, him to the right of me, shoving every hand. It was so annoying.
1: Uh huh. Yep. He'll any he draw, any any two outer Billy will shove on you. Um. So that's kind of how those games started, and we would play from like as soon as the park closed at like nine, we would like set up at ten, and we were there. Some of those days judging were so fucking gnarly for me because I'd be playing until like four or five in the morning, and then Schaefer would want me there at eight a.m. for like a meeting, and I would just be like dying trying to stay awake because obviously, I don't care if you drink or smoke or whatever, it's fucking hard to like gamble till five in the morning and start working and watch and watch. Yeah, I'd watch fucking Tampa Tampa Am with Just Runs back then when it was 150 people a day. It was just – it was like unfathomable. So anyways, I do remember that hand. I think you flopped a flush, and I believe – I flopped a flush. uh,
2: They they
1: may have called you with trips or with maybe just two pairs. No,
0: I I, I flopped a flush. Uh, Jake Brown flopped a set of sixes.
1: That's what it was. And, and it went runner, runner, pair on the on the, on the turn. The, of the, the whole
0: thing was, I sat there and folded for two hours because yeah. you guys were like playing big money, and and I was like, I did not have money at the time. I was playing with the paycheck that I had.
1: How had. many? How many paycheck advances did you have for that
0: game? Uh, I think two because I had. I thought it was. I had money in my pocket, and then I got more to add so I could beef up my buy-in. And then I got I, another bu- another advance, so I could play again after I busted out after this hand. Right.
1: So I think you were in for six hundred bucks. I think you I think you bought in for three and then you bought in for three again. Awesome. And the th- and the last break was the Jake Brown, uh, like runner runner boat on you. Yeah. And I, I remember being truly like fucking sad for you when you were walking away because I could see it. Like when the cards came out, I might have actually been dealing. Uh, at that time and i remember dealing the pair and you're just i saw your like face just fucking melt and then you just got up and walked away like so fucking sad it was terrible, i played man. so
0: conservative that game because i was just like dude as soon as i hit a pair yeah. billy's gonna shove on me and i'm gonna i'm, yep. I'm gonna be chilling and yep. i watched billy probably spread 1500 maybe two grand yeah
1: Easy. Because he had, he had already made the finals at that point. So this was always his MO. I didn't get any of uh, I made the finals. <laughs> you're like, yeah. He's like, how much does 12th play pay? Because he just wants to know how much last place in the finals pays. And you're like, well, it pays 1500 bucks. He's like, awesome. So he's already in his head. He's like, well, hey, I'm already going to
0: minimum. $1,500 and break even.
1: And, and you know what's fucking crazy was he was golden ticket twice and he got 12th both times because oh. he has zero motivation to fucking do good after he already made the finals like like dude try to get fifth and make five grand don't try to get twelfth and just make the minimum
0: and then uh yeah. one other gambling memory i have with you uh silo in the van in puerto rico using
1: oh. ripped
0: up paper to represent money
1: or even worse uh dollar draw poker in the van where Marinick lost like 1200 bucks to shaper oh geez do you remember that?
0: I th- uh, was that in the same trip to Puerto Rico?
1: Yeah, it was the same trip to Puerto Rico. Well, I was um, there. they were we we're playing we were playing dollar draw and Rob kept going double or nothing, and if you know how math works, you could double or nothing up to a thousand bucks real fucking quick. Yeah. And he he lost like eight hands in a row and stopped when it was like twelve hundred bucks. He was like, Alright, 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 I'm done. <laughs> I gotta chime in real quick. Yep. We 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 didn't have enough cash to play, so we tore up pieces of paper in the car and wrote numbers on them. Like this is a fifty dollar bill. And you is paid him off, didn't you? Yep. God, man, you're so honest. Yeah, yep. yeah. I uh, yeah. would have just kept going double or nothing do it, until aren't. I was down ten grand <laughs> until I finally won one.
0: <laughs> that was our that was uh, our sound engineer Rob Marinick there chiming yep. in because that was a uh, directly a story about him. He lost the money, but
1: yeah, sorry.
0: Yeah, you know it happens. It's it's a uh, one, one of the outcomes of gambling is, you, you know.
1: Oh, yeah. Hey, man, there's ups and downs. There's cold streaks and hot streaks.
0: For sure. I'm seeing that right now in my uh, online poker app that, that I've been running with the homies since the very beginning of the quarantine.
1: Oh, you got graphs and stuff in there to show who's, who's hot and who's not? Uh,
0: I mean, we have, like, reports. Like, you can, like, run reports on all the games and, like, get reports for, like, your last 25 games, last 50 games. And just see like, all right, well, in August I want a thousand bucks, but
1: Who's the coldest? Is George the coldest?
0: Uh no, because George plays super wild. So sometimes he'll he could just as easily win a grand and lose a grand in like the in a two night span. So a lot of his wins and losses cancel each other out.
1: That makes sense.
0: But he just likes the rush. Either way, winning or losing, he likes the rush of like shoving it all on the flop and waiting for those last two cards. Like, he loves that.
1: So, here's a game that you didn't, you weren't in. But speaking of liking the rush from shoving your cards in, uh, it was uh, me, Friedberg, Muldoon, Dennis from Familia, and Billy Marks. And I can't remember. Oh, and Merlino. Okay. So. However, many people that was, I think that's five or six. And we were playing cards for so long and, and you know, playing poker. And, and um, I think Merlino had maybe done well, did, like in Best Trick or something like that. So he had some money and Billy had some money and um, Josh brought 600 bucks. We had like 2,500 bucks at the table. Like everyone had about $500. Box. Yeah, it's a nice,
0: juicy
2: game.
1: For sure, and you know, I think that uh, maybe Muldoon was up pretty good, and uh, Billy was up pretty good, and we were like called at a night at like one or two in the morning, and we're like, all right, all right, last hand, and, you know, and then and then it's like, okay, last hand blind, all in fifty bucks per person. So then we did that, you know, and it's like all in blind, and oh, then yeah. we just deal the cards face up, right. and that's like fun, right? Yeah. And then, and then the next hand was like, oh, no, let's do it again one more time. And I'm like, no, for reals, guys. We have to, like, I got to go to sleep at some point because I got to judge tomorrow. Yeah, 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 okay, one more hand, 50 bucks. Okay, well, I'll, and then it got to, like, 100 bucks, and then it was 200 bucks all in. And I was like, you know what, man, I'm already fucking killing it. I'm just going to deal from here on out. I'm keeping my winnings. So they're like, okay, okay, we'll keep playing. So I'm dealing them at face heads up. Uh, all-in blind, not heads-up, sorry, Uh, four or five-handed all-in blind. And it got to the point where it was $300, $400 all-in blinds, and we it lasted two hours. No one would give up because it was like this dude would shift up and then this guy would get his. And uh, I think at the end of the night, Muldoon and Merlino had the most ships. I think they each had like – yeah, they each were like maybe – Twelve fifty each. They ended up like breaking everyone else. Dennis uh, at Familia at one point was up a thousand bucks. He didn't know what to do with it, but the rush was too much for him to give up. Oh, and yeah, then he yeah. ended up yeah he, he lost it all. He like got fucking smoked, and he was so funny. Anyways, those are funny games, man. Like when you get to that point where everyone's just it's just a full crack game where you're just like itching for more. <laughs> it's it's man. Uh, it's, it's amazing to sit on the sideline not- and watch if you're not in.
0: Yeah, sometimes you'll be playing on the on the phone, and you can tell like there's two or three dudes that are in the game, and they're just wasted. And oh yeah, you, you can tell who's drunk real fast because they just start like they just think it's fun to shove like, yep. and then all of a sudden like you have like seriously like back to back like thousand dollar pots like on on, and these guys just keep shoving it in, shoving it in. It's it's it gets crazy, and that's what I just kind of sit out and watch. Like I try to. Yeah play a little tighter and get my money. Record, that's why you got to, yeah, you got to bide true. your
1: time on those, on those times because you can clean house if you like wait for everyone because they're not paying attention that you're sitting around. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so you can, you can, you just got to adjust your game to whatever's going on. If everyone's tight as shit, then that's when you get all loose and start going buck wild, you know, because no one's playing a hand. So. Word. Kind of funny.
2: Well, wow. We
0: talked for a good bit about cards. Let's move on to. uh <laughs>
1: It's just a full gambling podcast,
0: (laughs) which hey, I'm down. I'm down. But uh, we'll 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 stay on the the subject of borderline obsession slash hobbies, and uh, talk about your your collection and your collection of stuff that you have. Uh, I watched your skate hoarders, definitely prime time collector. Good stuff. Uh, I'm definitely in that realm with you, collecting on the collecting realm. Uh, I I love anything so when i like that show skate hoarders that trans world does i really dig to to see that stuff blair if you're out there i'll do an episode let's get it
1: Um, (laughs) All, all wrestling figurines dude
0: i i've been beefing up on the wrestling figurine collection while also finding uh like pop pop culture like skateboarding figures too like Oh, McDonald's sick. toys of like Bart Simpson and like shit like that. Ah, yeah, and yeah. Any any uh like any it. toy with something from pop bo- pop culture on a skateboard, like I'm in. Yep. And then, uh, I was doing like starting lineup, action figures for a little bit, but that there's, I didn't like it enough of them. I don't know. I don't
1: know enough about starting lineup action figures. I don't know what those starting are. Starting lineup
0: was the the sports from the '90s, like the, all the sports. Oh, ones.
1: okay, okay, cool.
0: But uh, you're 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 big into the, like, you still have a bunch of Star Wars figures and
2: stuff?
1: I still have a bunch of the stuff, but I haven't done a lot of, like, going out and looking for it. Most of that stuff I got all at one time from this dude who, um, he had a whole, like, attic full of the stuff that his parents were saving for him. But he also skated, and he would, like, skate with us all the time, and uh, he knew I was down for Star Wars. He's like, dude, if you want to trade for some boards, I'll give you, like, a bunch of stuff. And uh, he ended up giving me a whole grip of shit for two completes. All all he gave him was two completes. He gave me like, dude, just boxes and boxes and boxes of packaged Star Wars shit. Nice. That, so those, yeah,
0: those come ups are always really good to hear about.
1: Yep. And I I, I just I mean I kind of just kept it over the years. I didn't really add to it too much. Uh, a little bit here and there. I'll see like, oh, there's a Tie Fighter for like twenty bucks. That's kind of cool. Yeah. I'll buy that. But I don't I definitely don't scour eBay for it or spend any time doing it. But I just have what okay. I have, and then for the skate, for the skate stuff, man, it's honestly that stuff's just like it falls into your hands. Yeah, yeah,
0: it's just stuff in you get. And then yeah, uh, you, so, ha- um, you have a pretty good collection of uh, Gonzalez, Mark Gonzalez, items and art and stuff.
1: And a lot of that stuff, um, like all the photos, I just buy like Bryce Knight's or like Grant has photos for sale, yeah. and I'll just pick them up because those dudes are awesome, and I can support what they got. It's like, oh, I'm I'm selling prints for 250 bucks. Like, sign me up like it's a cool print it's framed um it just looks too cool so um and those dudes have some iconic imagery so and then i got a board here and there um um your boy uh from tampa uh got me a, a little like gonz art piece that he made out of the recycled uh skateboard stuff yeah chad so chad yeah chad did some he does some cool work man Yeah, kickstart,
0: kickstart my heart yeah, uh yep. so yeah um we're uh I was pretty lucky. I got to actually uh go up to New York and help him uh clean out his art studio so he could make room to to make art cuz it was just he filled it with a bunch of junk like it was a storage unit. Right. so uh I I I'm just like going through all his personal items and if I picked something up and like looked at it for like longer than 5 5 or 10 seconds, he'd just be like, "Hey, if you
1: like it, you can keep it." Oh, uh, right. And uh <laughs> So, They're like, well, this is all gold-plated junk, man. So I like it all. Yeah,
0: it's like it. It's like, dude, this, like, and then he'll like all of a sudden you'll turn around, like I was all of a sudden I like I'm like deep in a box digging through stuff, and then all of a sudden I look up, and he's like wearing a like Chad Ochocinco jersey,
1: <laughs> and I'm just like. He used to randomly talk to me about football whenever we'd go skating. Dude, he I, he would be like, "Hey, Jason, you like football?" I'm like, yeah. He's like. There's this guy that plays for the Giants, you know, and you're just like, well, okay. He's like, yeah, he's really sick. He's a linebacker. His name's Lawrence Taylor, and you're like, yeah, he's really good. He's like, yeah, like it's just so funny, man. Dude, I had a
0: similar conversation with him because I, because uh, I was just like, do you like the Bengals? He's like, ah, I just liked Ocho Cinco, man. Like, and then uh, he's like, you watch football? I'm like, yeah, I love football, man. I watch. He's like, I. I- I'm a Patriots fan cuz of my wife and I'm like, "Oh jeez, I hate the Patriots." And then I just like had to it felt so it was like it broke my heart to know that God is a Patriots fan.
1: My buddy Ryan who uh works for New Balance and lives in that area, he lives right down the right way from her uh, from her parents' house. So he always misses God. He's like, "Dude, he was just at the market and I missed him." Dude, he was just at the skate park right next to my house, and I missed him. So it's funny, but yeah, they're like in the list. Same, it's like a little, little tiny town in the middle of nowhere. So it's kind of funny.
0: So yeah, moral of the story is I have Gonza's Chacho Cinco jersey hanging in my closet,
1: so tight,
0: along with a pair sa- of easy
1: sa- signed by Gonza. No, not signed by Gonza. No, nah, even, even tighter. Just it just, was a gift from Gonza. You
0: don't need to get your gifts autographed.
1: That's that's a gift from God. Yeah.
0: And then I also have a <laughs> pair of Yeezys with a small ollie hole in them. Sick. So those are my, my, my Gons items that I, that I hold near and dear to me. Um, That's
1: tight.
0: Uh, did, you get any, did you get any of the, the weird random items from the Storage Space show?
1: Uh, I, got, I got like an art piece, and I grabbed one of his like uh, like a reissue flower child board. Um, and you didn't
2: grab the toothbrush? Uh,
1: no, I didn't grab the toothbrush, but I did get a bunch of stuff for my guys at the office. Um, our brand manager Seb is obviously everyone's gone. You know, everyone's gone. Yeah, of course. But Seb really likes him, and I got one of those weird books that he had just doodled in, which are, are really incredible. Uh, his was a, it was a book of uh, like a coat of arms book. Okay. It's like a co- it's a coffee table book with like all these different coat of arms. It's like it's like three hundred pages long. Yeah, yeah. And if you just dude, if you just like fan through it. There's just little doodles on like half the pages. It's it's actually, you're like buying like 300 pieces of art in one piece. It's so sick. And that's just kind of what he loves to do. You can tell he just stream of consciousness. He's just doodling and he's writing down words that are misspelled and shit like that. It's just, I don't know. It's just cool because you're like kind of seeing what, you know, what he, what he writes on. And it's,
2: it's, yeah, it was cool.
0: It was cool. Yeah, when you, you get a piece stuff, like that, you that really different. see the process of like, yeah. uh how he worked on graphics and how he worked on art and uh just like n- old newspapers like i found like a newspaper from uh they covered the funeral of old dirty bastard
1: oh wow that's crazy and, and he's just drawn it's, like the it.
0: weird thing the weird things that people keep always fascinates me like whenever i go to yep. like a skater's house they always think i'm like like I have to preface when I walk in, like, "Hey, I'm I'm gonna walk around and look at your shit." Like I just like to look at like other people's collections. Like I've got cotton. And, like people will think I'm like being weird and like trying to like sneak around the house and be sketchy. And I'm uh, trying <laughs> to see like what posters they have on their wall. So uh, <laughs> that's funny. But uh, yeah, just I always dig that kind of stuff. So like the 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 type of stuff he hung on the type of stuff that he collected was what fascinated me the most.
1: I'll let you, uh, I'll let you walk around my house and look at all the snake pictures and then you can go in the garage and look at all the skate nerd stuff. Yeah, I'm down,
0: stuff. fully down, fully down. And just like, and then when you see like, uh, like one thing that, that I just hung on to, cause I thought it was hilarious. It was like a $10 Starbucks gift card. There was a <laughs> gift from, there was a gift from his mom. That's amazing. And I'm just like, dude, this is awesome. Like this is current. And like, his mom is still sending him like a $10 gift card to Starbucks. <laughs> to Starbucks. It's
2: so sick. <laughs>
0: like I like like that kind of shit was just like I was like, dude, I'm keeping this. I this is what I want. Like this is the guns I want to know about. But uh That's pretty sick. You were talking about uh your your skateboard collection and then all obviously all your photos of uh snakes. You are definitely known in the skateboard community as the snake lover snake eye. Um You've taken many uh, skaters out on your journeys through the, the back streets of Vegas and Arizona, the desert lands on your, your nighttime hikes. Uh, how, how did you get into that kind of stuff?
1: I'm going out this Friday. Actually, I'm taking a uh, someone on a, a little Rothmeyer Safari, uh, to Arizona this Friday. Nice. So, um, uh, I would say, man, you know, I've been hiking my whole life. Um, and it just kind of probably just stems from that. Um, my dad uh, lives in Alaska now, so I mean we've been hiking with him since we were little kids. Like probably when we were infants, we were hiking with him. I know that for a fact. Okay. there's photos, but like we were like given backpack like proper backpacks when we were like five years old. and you're like, yeah, you're gonna we're gonna go backpacking and we're gonna go camp out. And you had like I think we started out with like, what toys do you want to bring on this trip? And so we would pack our backpacks with our toys. And then eventually it was like, oh, okay, well, you have to put your sleeping bag in there. So here's your sleeping bag, and then you can put toys on top of it. And then it was like, go, oh, one of you guys, me and my brother, one of you guys has to pack the tent. And then you had to bring your own food. And then after that, it was like there's no room for toys. You are just got to pack your shit. <laughs> so anyways, we were backpacking young, yeah. dude, and, like, just ex- exploring and, you know, catching frogs and salamanders and snakes growing up and uh, either – northern California or Oregon or Washington. Um, so uh, I've always kind of just been, you know, obviously hiking, outdoors, camping, and all that stuff. But then um, I started shooting photos. I got a, like, a, just a little film camera, probably 90, probably 1990. And uh, I would just fool around and, and shoot photos of, like, when I'd go to Alaska, I would shoot photos of, like, you know wildlife I would see uh, out out playing around moose and caribou and whatever else I could find and shoot pictures of the Aurora at night. And uh, I probably got serious about it when proper good digital DSLRs came out. You know, like I think my first good camera I bought was, I would say, 2008 when the, when the Canon um, 5D Mark II came out. So I, I started to get serious and pour some money into it. I wouldn't say – I mean, serious is a relative term. It's just a really expensive hobby. I'm not doing anything with it. I've, like, had a few published photos here and there in different magazines, mostly science textbooks and things like that. But, oh, you're a um,
0: published uh, science textbook photographer?
1: For sure. Right. Yeah, lots of, like <laughs> – because I started shooting birds originally, like a lot of bird photos. Okay. Uh, and then I think I stumbled upon some snake photos online and was like, I know all that sounds just so dodgy when you say it out loud, right? (laughs) Snake (laughs) photos online, sick. But um, I just remember seeing like, it was like super crisp and like the lighting was like, it's like they just, I don't know, maybe the dude probably posed the the, uh, animal a certain way. But I remember seeing it just going, man, how the fuck did this guy find this? So like, and and get a good photo of because I've been hiking forever and I'd only seen like a small handful of like rattlesnakes, gopher snakes here and there. And um, and then I started to figure out like, oh, it's like there's a process to it. You know, you got to, like, find out where to go, what time of year to go, what time of the day to go, what the temperature is proper. And once you figure all that out, then you can just find them readily. It's real easy. Yeah. But if you don't if you don't go at the right time, if you're like, oh, snakes are out when it's hot and you go out when it's 110 degrees, you're not going to find shit, you know, or if you try to go out in December in Southern California when it's raining you're not going to find shit you know so yeah. um obviously in florida you can actually find it pretty it's pretty year-round but if you went out when it was like that freak cold storm when it's 40 degrees yeah you're not going to find anything out that day you know so you just got to know where to go and, and put yourself in the right habitat and then i started getting into the photography after that so well, it's fun there,
0: there's actually a uh, a black racer that lives under the shed in my backyard i backed that and uh
1: got a little buddy little buddy yeah
0: he's he's chill i mean. Um, Originally, uh, Lydia thought it was a rattler, but uh-huh. black racers do have the rattle tail. But
1: yeah, but they're off. pretty easy to identify. Yeah, if you only and, got yeah. you've only got two snakes over there that are really going to hurt you: eastern diamondbacks yeah. and little pygmies. So and
0: water moccasins too.
1: Uh, I guess you guys have cottonmouths over there too. Yeah, um, uh, you'd have to be near some water to find one of those bad boys, though.
2: Yeah, it's cool though. So um let's see. So
0: dude, you love. so you're about that hike life. Like you've been hiking your whole life and you actually, uh, for your, for your honeymoon, for your wedding, you actually went on a like two week Amazon hike with your wife.
1: We did. We went to Peru. I, you know, it's kind of funny. I can't remember which we did. Like we've done so many trips, but I'm pretty sure that was our Peru trip. Um, uh, Peru was 2012. Actually, I think our honeymoon trip was Honduras. Uh, We went into the rainforest in Honduras and then stayed on this little island out there. Um, But, yeah, I mean, it was –
0: Was that the one where they lost your
2: bags?
1: Peru was the one where they lost our bags. And I hiked in the rainforest for – it was a nine-day trip on this little dugout canoe going further and further up this river. And the first five days of it, I was wearing black fallen pants and skate shoes. Oh, geez. Sorry, black fallen jeans and skate shoes with the same clothes for five days in the rainforest. Dude, it is wholly uncomfortable, like the most uncomfortable I've ever been. The grossest, by far the grossest I've ever smelled in anything, it was so gnarly, it was fucked. And I know why my bag got lost. Because before I left, I got, I was at, uh, I went to a Laker game, it was like right when we got season seats. And they gave luggage tags out at the, at the game. And my wife goes, oh, we should put that on the bag. And I'm like, "Uh, I don't know if it's a good idea to put this on the bag. And she's like, why not? I'm like, I don't know. Some people don't like the Lakers. And, and my bag went through Miami at the time. And I fucking know someone in Miami was like, fuck this dude in his Laker tag and held my bag back. Because it was like Kobe LeBron days. Yeah. It was like right when LeBron signed with Miami. And I'm like, nah, there's no fucking way that's what happened. And so anyways, our bag finally caught, I mean, it's a miracle. My bag even caught up to me, but, um, I was able to coordinate, uh, some people that were joining the trip late. I was able to coordinate with them to get my bag and bring it with me, with them into the, into the jungle. And it showed up in the middle of our trip and I'm like, Holy shit, here's our fucking bag. So it was a, um, dude, that's kind of what traveling's all about, though, right? Like you got a good story later on. Yeah, of
0: course. Maybe, so. uh, uh, my luggage was lost on on a trip to Copenhagen, hmm. and uh, I
1: remember Zitzer had the same problem in Copenhagen.
0: Yeah. Um. So all I had was the uh, the the sweat that I wore on the plane. <laughs> so I in comfy, in
1: comfy airplane clothes. Com-
0: my comfy airplane sweats. I had to do four days in Copenhagen, and, and you were there. It was when it, it rained a lot. Oh, yeah. So my sweats just kept getting, like, wet and then dry and then wet and then dry. And then just, like, it was like, dude, it was a mess. Was
1: that the watermelon bong viral Scotty clip trip? Yes,
0: that was. I
1: remember you wearing those sweats in that clip. Yes,
0: I, I wore those for, like, five days. And I, I, my bags finally came for the final day of skate, And my, my board as well. So I didn't even get to yeah. skate until the final day of the trip. And <laughs> I'm, like, in a, finally in a fresh set of clothes. And people were like, I didn't realize that it was becoming a thing that I was wearing these sweatsuits because people were like, dude, switched up the gear today. What's good? Like, and I'm just like, what do you <laughs> mean? Like, dude, you've been rocking those sweats all week. I'm like, dude, they lost my luggage. I didn't have anything. And they were like, and some people were just like, dude, I just thought you were about that sweat, sweatsuit life. Like,
1: that's so I'm tight.
2: Like, no, uh, absolutely not. Zit-
1: they lost Zitzer's bags on the way in. And so he had to like we had let him, everyone like gave him a a shirt, you know, and so he had like clothes to to rock. and uh, he picked up his bag on his check-in on the way out, so like, they're like oh, we've been looking for you, and he's just like fuck, I've been calling the airlines every day for four days and on the way home, on the way out of the airport, they're like, oh, here's your bag and check-in so he, he left and came with basically the same gear on pretty good
0: so, uh, moral of the story, I think I'm just gonna try to go to Hawaii for my honeymoon. There you go. Actually, I'm uh, I'm trying to talk Lydia into a uh, trip to LA for WrestleMania 2021. It's at the new Tight. new new, LA, new stadium in LA.
1: Who got SoFi Stadium where the Rams yes. play? Sick. So,
0: uh, trying to When talk is her it? Into 2022
1: that. or 2021?
0: 2021 coming. I mean, it should be it. You know, COVID willing. Uh, fingers crossed it'll be in april of 2021
1: god i hope we have fucking crowds by then i've already paid for my lakers season seats next year so i'm like man i better be able to go to some games next year i should be going to these games right now this is some bullshit yes (laughs) but all right such as such as the world we live in right now yeah
0: i mean everybody it's it's a i mean it i i try to tell like I try to say this is a worldwide issue, but uh, in some places, it's not an issue anymore because they, they dealt with it properly.
1: Yeah, you could live in New Zealand, and it's like nothing even fucking happened.
0: Yeah, uh, I actually like have some really, really good friends that moved to New, Z- New Zealand like a, maybe a year ago. And then I was just like, why are you guys moving? And they're just like, we've lost faith in america like we we oh, wow not 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 in those words like not that harsh but just right, like right like you know we just thinking about our kids and we we just think like it would be a better place to raise our family and and okay. they went and and they're it's
1: probably beautiful as fuck and they're
0: laughing they're having a great yeah, time I mean, at, at a public you
1: might you might catch it might catch me in Costa Rica someday, but it won't be because I lost faith. It's just because there's more diversity of uh, animals out there.
2: Yes.
0: <laughs> Probably some good snakes in New Zealand.
1: New, not New Zealand, but Costa Rica, yes. Costa Rica, yes. New Zealand, Costa Rica, yes. New Zealand, no snakes at all. No snakes at all? I think they have uh, one or two reptiles completely in the whole country. Okay. Yeah. There's a funky uh, lizard called a tuatara that lives in New Zealand and it's it's like its own uh it's its own biological family so there's nothing it's not related to anything in the animal kingdom except for except for itself
2: uh
0: you
1: know
0: in third grade we had we had a pet iguana in in our in our science class sick (laughs) i took care of it sometimes and fed it hibiscus from the front yard
1: oh yeah that's tight did they catch it? Like, Was it like an invasive iguana they caught in the backyard in Tampa somewhere? Uh, or I'm not sure. Out? It just okay. appeared in science class
0: one day, and we had to vote on it in.
1: All of the uh, animals that are in the classrooms uh, in uh, my wife's school are currently in our house right now. So there you go. We have like a whole pet store here. Oh, because wow. They can't, um, well, you know, teaching remotely, anyways, but even the regulations for the classroom is right now they can't have anything on the shelves. So her friend, who's a teacher, is like, hey, can you guys take this stuff? We're like, sure. Like, we're not, we don't really have pets because we travel so much, but. You know, Jason, all of a sudden, the now, snake guy. We've got all these lizards and snakes here at our house all of a sudden. I'm not. I'm not I'm definitely not a captive person. I like to find them in the wild. So I'm like. Oh, oh yeah, I'm I remember you always
0: saying that. uh Especially when, yeah. uh, like when when we were in South Africa together, and we were going to like, uh, the like the big cat rescue place, and and you were. Like, oh yeah. And you were like, no, nah, I'm not I gonna go there. It. I'll I'll take you, you to could. the real shit. He's like, and you're I like, could, I will take I you do to do the real it. shit if you want to go see it. And yeah. and we did, and and damn, it it was it. Was,
1: did I hey? Did I come through that trip? Dude,
0: absolutely. Absolutely. Who were you on
1: the uh, early morning safari with? Who was that? Were you with Delatore? Yeah. And, uh, those two? It was
0: me, you, uh, Brian Delatore, and Tim O'Connor.
1: Sick. That's a pretty good squad. So it squad. was a good
0: squad. And we definitely yeah. saw some things and, you know, rhinos right up like you know four feet from the car
2: and all that good those, stuff. Those
1: were, those were, uh, those are an awesome contest. We did five years in a row of that contest. And I would take people out. Uh, because they, you know, we wouldn't start the contest until, I think, noon or 1 in the afternoon at th- that uh, time. Yeah. So, um, you know, uh, sunrise was at like 5 or 5.30. And so every morning I would just tell everyone, hey, uh, I'm taking the car down to this national park in the morning. We're going to drive for like four hours, and then we'll be back by about 11. Anyone who wants to go, meet me in the lobby at 5. And I swear to God, every morning there would be like more than people that could fit in the car yeah. waiting for me. And I was shocked every time I was like, what you guys are trying to like, this is amazing. Like Jimmy Wilkins and Sam Beckett one, went once with me yep. and uh, Milligan went and yeah, you and Bela, and Tim was always down. James Craig was there every time. He was like, I'm down every time. It was, uh, it was awesome. I was stoked to like get people out. Cause, um, some of those national parks in South Africa are great. You just, you literally just drive in yourself yeah. and go. Here you go, hit the dirt road, go try to find some shit.
0: And I, I will say that it, was, uh, the national, like the park and stuff in that safari was awesome. But it was, it was also awesome to be able to like just put my hand in, inside a lion's mouth and have it kind of. Like, oh no
1: doubt. Like, gnaw no little, doubt. Like that was pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. I, I. It took me four trips to find a wild lion on, uh, in the, in the national parks out there where I was going to. Oh, okay. But I finally, I found one in the Kalahari, um, a solo mission. And I found one and I was like, felt pretty cool because I was driving alone and I saw one like off in the distance and he like walked towards like this walked kind of across the desert in this little area. And I was like, kind of felt like I had a little, little moment there. Yeah. Cause you, and uh, then, you uh, would uh,
0: plan your own solo trips around those contests and like do your own.
1: Yeah. Uh, every qualities. time I went. Every time I went, I went somewhere, either I took my wife once, uh, my homie Josh went with me once, but then three times I went just full-blown solo trips, and it's a little unnerving because I stay outside the park, and then I would drive the roads at night looking for snakes, and, you know, driving solo in the Africa, you know, it's a little dodgy yeah. in some places because every time a car pulls up, you know, and you're like, what? what are they doing? Are they going to, like, you know, like, some someone's gonna like rob you of all your camera gear or something like that but um overall i mean i'm never really worried too much about being out in the country it's mostly the cities i worry about you know once you're out in the middle of the cuts it's like all the people are super friendly out there usually there's like uh in the kalahari where i went there's like Bushmen, like proper Bushmen on the side of the road like selling trinkets and stuff like that it's it's pretty insane wow seeing people that like really live in the middle of the desert with like this just they carve some cool shit out of like an ostrich egg and they make a little little money here and there they just kind of live in like a proper little like um you know a hut they made out of like good grass and it's like wow this is i mean it's uh it's shocking you know to see see that like real real kalahari life man it's crazy
0: yeah and so uh you mentioned in your in your uh story about your your luggage getting lost that all you were wearing was a pair of fallen skate shoes and some, uh, fallen jeans. Uh, you worked for black box, like in the, the height of fallen and when zero was like super, super huge, uh, the Chris Cole Cobra gear was selling. I was working in a skate. I was working in a skate park in Tampa at that time. Uh, dude, we couldn't keep that, that Cobra gear stocked,
2: um.
1: Yeah, I was there from '06 uh, to 2013, so about eight years. And, w- and uh, man, on? yeah, that coal shit was bang and back then. Oh, zip-off hoodies, purple stripes, purple and black striped hoodies. Holy shit!
0: What? So what was so, what was so your so job there at the time?
1: I was sales rep. I was sales rep for. I started out just LA, and eventually. I was uh, selling California, Arizona, and Nevada.
0: Oh, so, so so you were you were killing it.
1: Yeah, uh, <laughs> we were we were selling a lot of stuff, but as as it went on, you know, sales slowly, slowly went lower and lower, and so one rep would drop off, and I would pick up his territory, oh, so, and then another, you know, like someone like oh, hey, like the San Diego rep left to go do just Brixton. Yeah. So I took his zone, and then like he used to do San Diego and Arizona. And then, like, the dude who did Riverside and San Bernardino and Vegas, he left. So I picked up his territory. And then the dude who did Santa Barbara north of that left. So eventually I basically had all the Southwest just because, you know, it was kind of like everything was going slower and slower.
2: All right. So uh,
0: after uh, working at Black Box, now you work at New Balance?
1: Yeah. So as – while I was at Black Box, um, they had uh, an opportunity to pick up a license deal to make New Balance skate shoes, and uh, they probably—I don't know when Jamie started discussing that with them—but um, you know, New Balance originally wanted to get into the um, into the skate game, but they wanted to use an existing skate brand house to um, to make it work. You know, I mean, it's obviously you've got um, you know skate people that design shoes. Uh, you've got a sales rep force that already knows how our industry works. Yeah. Um, if they were to try to do it on their own, it might have been something like um, Puma. You know, when remember, like uh, Pumas come in and out of the skating industry like a million times, but they've never really taken a foothold because they never really dove headfirst into it. They just kind of dip their toe in a little bit here and there. Yeah, yeah. So um, I've always told people, if you're going to do it, man, you can't just half-ass it. You got to really do it. So they hired. Um, um, A good friend of mine, um, Sebastian, to be the brand manager. And then he took over from there and, like, built the sales force, used a bunch of us as reps. And uh, as that launched, it was the same time as, like, Black Box slowly started to decline, you know? So um, it was kind of an unfortunate thing because, you know, I mean, the skate industry as a whole was going a little bit slow at that point. And um, so they only delivered about, three seasons through black box and then they kind of just put a pause on it and we waited a year and then we relaunched through new balance proper and we opened up an office in long beach and so we've been there since then our first uh, delivery through new balance was in 2015 so we've really only been around for five years so All right. but we've done a, i've done a pretty good job in about five years i feel like you know we've definitely made some headway we've got an amazing team um and, yeah you know, the team good, is the a team, team is uh very crew. eclectic
0: and it's like all the like the like i dig it like it's it's very unique it's like yeah we've got it's, some, it's not a bunch like of dudes mega, that look the same and, and uh
1: yeah we've got like yeah, like a jamie foy a tiago a westgate or like your super super like banger dudes you know yeah. you're just like holy shit those are superstars but then you've got like I don't know. I would. I don't know. I don't, to, I don't want to call them like underground dudes, but I guess like skater skaters, like Tyler Suri, Treyhan, you know, dudes that are, you're really like hyped on. Yeah, and then you got like
0: Jordan Trehan.
1: Frankie Valani, like up and coming, like dudes that are like the best. You know, I just watched. Um, well, I just watched five minutes of footage of Frankie in the office today, and it's fucking incredible. All right, all right.
0: So, it's coming. Look forward to it's seeing coming. that drop somewhere, and uh, yep. in that office. You- you got some, uh, you got my old homie, Levi Brown, working with you too?
1: Levi's in there. Tim, Tim, Levi and Tim, Tim are both our team managers. Nice. Um, it's a pretty, like, basically it's a, it's just like any small skate company I've worked for. Uh, there's about seven of us running the whole thing. The homie
0: Tyrone up so, in there.
1: Tyrone's in there doing marketing. Seb's a brand manager. Got this guy, our homie Nick on product. And then Jeff Micah is doing design. So, um uh, yeah, I mean it's it's awesome, man.
2: We got um, we got a good crew
0: of dudes. Yeah, and uh, all the shoes are looking good. I I got a couple pairs because that you guys help out with uh, our grind for life series over here at the border. And got so, some boys, Florida represent. That's right, that's right. Sending out
1: yep.
0: New Balance shoes to the winners of the contest and then lacing us up. Uh, I got a good pair that that uh, I play tennis in, and then sick. Um, couple that are that are good for skating, man. And I dig them. They're super comfy as New Balance shoes should be. And yeah,
1: uh you would expect.
2: Yeah, man. Like uh it's just good stuff. But uh so and then so also you've
0: been working at New Balance, but you've also uh your other job is just you've been ju- judging the entire skateboarding industry for the last 20 years. You've been a judge so many contests, so many different places uh how did um when did you decide that or how did you get into to that realm of of this of the uh industry
1: uh you know i was judging early on actually i would go to am contests when i was like pro so we would just still go to like castle contests and, you know local contests here with like you know montoya rob g or like you know any of the dudes that i'm like hanging out with at the time and I had nothing to do while I was there. So honestly, it was me and Don Brown. We were like the judges at like for like a couple of years at castle events just because we didn't have shit to do while we were there. And then um, I think around 99, I was working for Airwalk, and I got let go from Airwalk while I was at a contest. Ooh. They're like, hey, we're getting rid of the skate team. Like they called me and told me this as I'm going to pick up Bucky Elastic from the airport. I'm like, sick. Like, <laughs> thanks for letting me know while I'm at an event working for you. So, anyways, I went up to um, Shrooge at the time and was like, hey, I just got fired. So, if you guys ever need any judges, man, you can let me know. Because I was already done being pro at the time. Yeah. I was probably two years two years removed. And that was about 99. And then I started doing uh, – dude, I would, I judged everything. I judged vert contests. I did street contests. I did bowl contests. Like, whatever. Sign me up, dude. I could judge it all. So, it was it was good though. Then I did, uh, like I said, I started doing Tampa, um, right around two thousand and one, two thousand two. I think two thousand one, I did pro, and then two thousand two, I started doing both. Nice, am I, and pro.
0: You definitely uh, judged during uh, my years of skating Tampa, am, and Dan am. I did. Um,
1: I saw I saw one of the most epic moments ever. The, you with the tray flip snapped the board in half. S- S- Sinclair almost died laughing. <laughs> you almost killed Mike. It was one of the best moves one of the best moves I've ever seen. Oh, it's
0: always great when I can almost kill Mike. uh was well, one of my favorite favorite people who's always had my back um yeah, like it, that might have even been like one of my last years skating in Tampa am, but uh did my run and, and
1: then you announced you announced after that
0: i I'm not sure on the timeline. I remember I got fired from announcing. After falling asleep. Yeah, you
1: fell asleep. You fell asleep announcing next to me. and I remember looking over and just like, it was so fucking great. I don't know if that was after we gambled all night, so maybe you were tired from gambling and losing all your money and then you had to go announce and you were just like, you know what man, fuck this. I'm going to sleep. <laughs> but holy shit, it was great. Hey, Sinclair has a picture in a magazine and I swear to God, he's asleep at Slam City Jam once. He will claim he was just resting his eyes, but of course of course, of on, course in a, in a photo in Transworld. <laughs> so don't let him don't let him say that you know he never did some shit like that because he did.
0: But yes, basically, uh at the end of my run, I go to uh three sixty flip the bank to bank, which I could do, but I didn't do it very well. It was like the worst like ground chaser uh rolling. it may have hit grip tape side down on the deck uh, before it got back over. I uh land and my my tail snaps. And I ride away like with the broken tail. And then I turn around, drop in on the nose and pop shove it the same bank to bank. Roll away and then eventually the board splits apart and I do a split and slam. And uh I got an iPod for it. Like from a, some Sick. uh random uh I think CCS or something, some one one of the sponsors that <laughs> just like Bought a bunch of iPods to give away for ran- for uh, random prizes, and the, the dude Craig that that yeah gave me an iPod Shuffle, right. and for a long time I ran that with nothing but like 250 Wu Tang songs on it. As it should be. Yes, but uh, so anyway, moving forward, you are now the main judge for the border. You are our head judge, our our master judge so that means you're at all of our, all of our major stuff, Vance Park series, uh, Border Am, Empire Open, Copenhagen Pro. Um, you're the guy making the tough decisions that nobody else wants to make. And I feel like you've been doing it for so long. Like, like you truly, truly are like a, a professional judge. Like you, uh, a lot of people judge skateboarding, but not, but like, not many people are doing it, I think, on the level that you are. Uh, and I think it's just, like, a continuation of your thirst to watch skateboarding because you're also, like, the boss at Skate Trivia um, telling obscure tour stories. You're super good at which skaters skated to this song, that the, the game you play on long car rides. And uh, I feel like you can actually, like, rewatch these runs in your head and, like, put them head-to-head next to each other and just, like, seriously like break down the numbers and quantify it and like um and
1: that's what you have to do that's the hardest part is like being able to recall exactly not just what one dude's done but what 50 people have done you know at the same time as trying to put a number down and do that within sometimes a 5 second span before the next dude drops in like you have to already have that shit in your head as the as the guys skating what number you're probably going to give him, and then, oh, you made the last trick. Then you give him, a, you know, whatever you feel like uncomfortable comfortable at the end. But yeah, you have to be able to recall a bunch of stuff all at the same time. So you have to have like kick-ass memory. You got to be able to know how to work with numbers. You got to know what number is going to give this dude, you know, if you want to slot him into the. Because all you're really trying to do is, is rank the guys in the right order, right? Yeah. Like the number doesn't really mean anything. All that really matters is you know who's in third, who's in fourth, who's in first, who's in second, you know. However, whatever order they want to go in cuz you might be like, "Oh, that guy should get an 85." And you're like, "Yeah, but do you think he really did better than the dude who's in third who has an 84?" And then that person, you know, like the answer to that is if that's no, then you got to give him lower than an 85. It it definitely gets a little confusing for certain people, but I've um that's kind of what I look for when I'm like thinking about who's going to judge with me. Like, can you think fast can you make a decision super quick do you know what the fuck numbers are <laughs> because i mean i've judged some people that they just don't know how to work at the number line like they can't yeah. figure it out in their head and uh, you know especially now you can't you don't have notes to look back on a lot of times you know you're working on digital platforms yeah. uh so you can't just like chicken scratch and, and write your notes down uh it's it's changed a lot since like we've started working with like live tv and things like that where everything has to be super fast and uh, it has to be input instantly. It's really uh, quite wild. And but, go and ahead. that's
0: crazy because I'll see people like try to question you on the judging and be like, why did, you know, why was I right here? Why is this person here? And then uh, you can just go, well, in your run, you started off with a 5-0 around the corner, did a K flip back lip, back nose blunt here. And you could tell, like, you can recall their entire run back to forward including which land which tricks they landed good you tell them when they landed something sketchy like yeah you you did this front lip on the rail a little bit sketchy like barely landed it but you came back like you have that recall and uh and then you tell them what they didn't do and then you tell them what the other skater that beat them did do and and i feel like when you can go into that depth and explain that much to a person even even if the skater doesn't agree with like, the answer you came up with, they at least, like, know that you saw every single thing that happened. You didn't miss anything, like.
1: Yeah, and and that's the hardest part about it, when you get to the point where, say, like, uh, a good example was, I don't know if you remember, but Shanghai uh, Vance Park series, uh, when we had, like, the Super 6 city backdrop, so it was the first time we did, like, the the championships, I think, in Shanghai. So I think the first year we did Malmo, the second year we did Shanghai yeah. as, as like the, uh, the VPS championships. And I'm not kidding you. All top eight dudes had a fucking bang and run. Like like they had the run of their life. And yes. every single dude had it. Now, normally, you, you know, uh, four dudes bail. It's real easy. Okay, those are the four guys that are like eighth, seventh, sixth, and fifth. But everyone, Jack Fardell, had the run of his life. Yeah, I remember this. And he got fucking eighth place. And I'm not kidding you, he's the best he's ever skated, and he's just like, I remember looking at him going, dude, he's going to be so fucking bummed. But like, Sorgente had the run of his life, and Tom Shar had the run of his life, and Corey Juno had the run of his life. Like, you're naming off all these dudes, and you're like, yeah, like, you had a sick run. You did all this stuff. But Oski did this, and he beat you with this. And Pedro did this, and he beat you with this. And Tristan Rennie did this, and he beat you with this. And you have to like, you have to nitpick like all this little stuff when when everyone does good. It's real. You know, it's super easy when like one dude goes and he bails, the other dude goes and he makes it, and you're like, okay, that was easy, cut and dry. But you really have to break it down when you have a, multiple guys that have that make all their tricks and don't mess up. Then you're like, okay. What was the difference? Okay, well, this guy kind of went back and forth a little too much and skated like a mini ramp. This dude did five things we hadn't seen all day, and I'd never even seen him try. You know, like, you're definitely, to me, I like like a guy like Oski that you kind of give it up to, like, the spontaneity where yeah, you don't even know if he fucking plans his run out because you've never seen him do certain stuff, and he's just squirreling around, mm-hmm. and he does a switch fifty fifty drop off the round bar into the quarter pipe, and you're just like, yeah. what the fuck? It looks like so. he
0: plans, like, little line segments.
1: I think he does. Like, yeah, maybe right.
0: two or three tricks that go together. And then he'll yep. have two or three tricks that go together over here. And then yep. somehow, by the time they call his name, he figured out how to link, like, all those little segments together.
1: Or maybe and that's not- kind of why he's like he's like a make-or-break kind of dude. Yeah, yeah He's yeah. either going to get eighth or first. And there's not really a lot of middle ground for him because – if it links together and works, it works really good. But if it's like he doesn't have a run really planned out, then he can easily just get lost. And you're like, oh, he didn't have yeah. it. You know, he couldn't figure it out. So, But, I mean, that's, that's like the most exciting to me is when, you know, it's not like the most planned. Uh, I mean, Although I do love watching a dude who has like a crazy-ass run and he figures it out and makes the final crazy run. That's always super fun.
2: All
0: right, so uh, all those Tampa Ams, Tampa Pros, judging, skating, uh, spectating, or otherwise, what would what would you clock as your favorite run of all time?
1: Uh, I'm going Booznitz, uh, Tampa Pro 2011. 11. I could like I could name you the whole run, right? Like just from verbatim, almost. So that's when you started but, with the uh, kickflip the full- on the bank to bank. Yeah, and you know what was even better was the runs prior. He was doing the absolute best trade flips ever. But the best part of that run is, uh, well, he had two little combos. He did kickflip up the force there. Yep.
2: Frontside front flip. flip
1: up the step up. Switch blunt, nollie flip in. Yeah. And then yeah. he did front blunt
2: up, the, marble up hubba.
1: the ledge. Front disaster on the quarter. Come down 180 fakie manual down the same ledge and then switch flip the stairs. Just so fucking quick, no pushes. I think he got off his board once in the whole run, and that was kind of at a time where it was a lot of walking around on the street course. Yeah, yeah. He, uh, uh,
0: I actually watched those runs because I wanted. I was going to ask you something about how you judge something like the feeling you get from watching a boost in its line, and like I think you said 2011. Like he, yeah. he beat Nija that year. And yep. obviously, Niger was like had a Nijah run where he did a bunch of he
1: did really healed the stairs he he did all types of crazy shit. I mean, he was just starting to become like who he really was better on then. yeah and 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 fast forward two more years, three more years after that, he's unbeatable for six straight years. yeah like this you know, but it just happened to be at the time where he was just kind of growing into his uh, into his own, you know, and his style wasn't there, but now. He's had a couple of runs where I'm um, just like unbeatable run. And he, he, he makes a run and you're like, okay, no one can beat that run. yeah, like does it doesn't matter what you do. you know you're like you're not going to beat what he does, so's he's got he's got that in him plenty of times, but I think the Buznet one was just so shocking. it was so sick And uh, and I think that the backstory on the Booznitz one too was that was the year so that was the second time you won yeah cause he won a couple of years prior. He won in uh, 05. Mickey, because uh, uh, Dennis has a tendency to skate himself out in practice. Like he skates too much and then he's too burnt by the time the contest starts. Yeah. And so then he's like too tired. Uh, Mickey kept him in the car and was like, oh, we got to go do this. Oh, we got to go go to the grocery store and get water for the dudes. And he kept Dennis in the car for like the whole morning. And Dennis was like, what the fuck are we doing? Let's get to the goddamn park. And uh he held him there till like thirty minutes before the final started. Nice. And then just let him loose. Nice. So I like that backstory. That's kinda of fucking tight.
0: That's awesome. And uh that's a lot like that's
1: a proper that's proper team managing right there. Dude,
0: that's why Mickey will go down in history.
1: Yep.
0: But um okay, so all right, so we talked about your favorite run. How about something that maybe been like the worst run of all time? That was just something embarrassing that happened.
1: Uh, worst run of all time. I remember giving double zeros to plenty of dudes at Tampa M. I don't know this dude's name. I shouldn't remember it. But there was a dude who just shaky ankles. You could kind of tell he wasn't going to fucking make anything. And I'm not joking. He couldn't have 50 50 the box if he tried because he was so nervous. Oh, but he spent his whole run trying nollie flip back nose blunt slide on the fucking box. Wow! And he took two runs, and he tried it four times each run, and he bailed every single time. And I was just uh, – it was awesome. Uh, we also did the X Games maybe in Austin the first year it was there. Okay. And Ben Rayborn was skating in it in the park contest. And he was just dorking around, and he, like, tried to coffin in – and it was just the, like, I, I get what he's doing, but it's the wrong setting for yeah. it.
2: Because
1: it wasn't, to me, it wasn't that funny. I was like, oh, okay. And, we, you know, we gave him the score we probably should have given him. It was like a two, you know, like a three. And t- Tony Hawk was announcing the X Games at the time. And I remember someone being like, damn, dude, Tony's ripping you guys so hard. <laughs> and he was like, dude, come on. A two out of a hundred? Are you guys kidding me? Like, he was so bummed. And I'm like, dude, Fuck that shit, man. And like, And All right. I'm,
0: You'd be like, all right, cool. You got a 31. He's still in last.
1: Well, yeah, exactly. So, if you, hey, man, if you're going to do that, I'm going to give you the proper score. There are no courtesy points. I am not going to give you a 50 just out of like – I think that's what Tony said. Like, give him a 50 at least. It's still like respectable. I'm like, nah, a fucking zero. That's what you get. <laughs> And don't get me wrong, I think Ben Raybord's sick, and he won a Park Series contest. I just feel like he did it once, but then I think the second time he did it, I'm like, yeah, I've seen this already. Yeah, Like, <laughs> this joke got old real quick. Ah. <laughs> like, sign me up for something else.
0: All right, so, so uh, how about maybe some guys that you knew probably weren't going to make the finals, but just like some dudes that you always like to watch every year?
1: Um, well, I mean, I could tell you, uh, of, like, one of my favorite runs that definitely didn't win the contest, but um, Javi Sarmiento skated Tampa Pro one year. Oh, I re- And I think he, he made the cut with three tricks, and that flips. was it. Switch big flip the pyramid. Mid. Switch back 360 ollie the pyramid. Yep. And he did switch back 360 kick flip over the hip. Yeah. And it was bonkers, man. And that dude is so, so sick. And he made the cut. Into the finals with just making, and I don't. He, I think he deck checked the switch big flip. Oh yeah, we he, didn't even it. I remember. Like, it, it didn't even fucking matter. It was like so far beyond what anyone could do at the time that we were just so hyped. Um, so I, it's always dudes like that that are like a little, I wouldn't say obscure, but guys that you're just like shocked that show up and just rip that hard. They're just like, God, man, this dude's the best. I really
0: like the year. Uh, so, the year Matt Beach showed up, like when he made it when he made his little comeback run.
1: Dude, he should have won that contest, man. He forgot the stairs were there, and he they failed. Um, oh. He thought he could pump. He thought he could pump down the down the bank, and he ended up trying to pump down the stairs. Oh, gee. And that's what that cost him the whole contest. Oh shit. I could I could guarantee you on the judges' stand, we were like, he's fucking winning this contest right now because he was killing it so hard. And if you watch that run towards about 15 seconds left, he like he just goes down to try to do a switch trick. Where he's gonna go up one of the quarter pipes and he pumps down the stairs and just falls off the board. Ugh. And Rattray lost Tampa one year. Uh, he bailed um, a nolly flip, or no, he tra- he bailed fakey heel the stairs and lost the contest doing that. Rattray would have been there, golden ticket winner. Could have gone to any Tampa after
2: that. Wow!
1: Yeah, some of the some of the almost worse, which uh, were, were so awesome.
0: Nice. So, uh, another, uh, another contest I pulled up where the, the, where I just wanted to get a judging perspective. This one we're going to go back to 2001, I believe. Tampa Pro. Uh, first place, Tony Trujillo. Second place, Rodil de Arajo. Third place. Third place, Austin Seaholm. Yeah. And like, don't think I just have all this knowledge like right on the top. I had to. I. I did. I did have to go uh, do a little YouTube researching to get some of these clips and some of these references. But um, yeah, the year with that, with. Uh, I think
1: that was oh. I think that was oh three or 04. 03 maybe. Okay, but. I think oh one was oh one was costume. Okay. Cause I well, think that was the first was, one I did. It was
0: still when there was a full length video about the contest. It wasn't just. That.
1: Oh yeah, no doubt. It was, it was still when there VHS, was a full length video. Yeah. DVD. VHS. Matter of fact, I might even have that Tampa Pro right here next to me in my DVD collection.
0: Oh shit. <laughs> but yeah, it was the uh when the year T- the year Tony Trujillo won Sony, it was like set up for him to win. And then Rodil de Arajo is just like, I wanna skate in silence.
1: Matter of fact, here it is the box cover, Tampa Pro, two thousand three, Tony Trujillo on the cover. Wow. There you go. I was right.
0: But like if you look at it technically like Rodeal's run, like, had better tricks.
1: Yeah, he definitely did. Uh, um, but
0: you know. so, how, how do you, how do you, because like, TNT was like, like he ripped, but it wasn't like a, uh, like a boost in its level of ripping where like the, the, uh, the, the style and like the, like the whole presentation was
2: like carried through.
1: At the time when you watch TNT's run, though, to me, at that moment it's kind of the same thing where he, he brought like that kind of style, of the skating yeah. that wasn't there. It was definitely like, uh, he stuck out more than anyone, especially at that time. Like that was his peak. Like that was in bloom. Yeah. Yeah. For like sure. he was fucking killing mm-hmm. it. And no, I mean, I'm not kidding you. Like, there were some slow-ass dudes at that Tampa Pro. Yeah,
0: and, 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 and you, I loved Tony. Like, I, I was a huge Tony fan. Like, I'm not trying to argue against yeah. him. I was just trying to ask no, him. No,
1: that's kind of how we looked at it. It was like, we're just like, hey, man, like, one dude, I thought Tony was, like, flowing and dope style at that time. I mean, obviously, he didn't, like, tech his run out. It was kind of just back-to-back, like, properly done, front blunt, crooks the handrail, frontside flip. You know, um, yeah. it wasn't, like, crazy fronts I flipped on the rolling. I think. Um, uh, it wasn't super wild uh, front board, the handrail. Like, it was pretty basic. When you watch Rodill's run, it's, like, definitely harder. I just didn't think it looked as good. That's purely what it was, you know. Uh, it, just, it just didn't. Sometimes when you watch a run, you get, like, a vibe from it, and you can't just break it all down with math. Uh, you just got to be like, you know what, man, that one fucking looked tight. Like well, I know it when I see that's it. the
0: exact answer I, I I was hoping to get out of you, to where it just comes down to the feeling and the look and and just like how, how the run just makes makes you feel at the end of it like,
1: yep. because there's plenty of runs you can put on paper you're like oh that dude definitely won and then you watch it and you're like eh, I don't think he won yeah you know because you just didn't it didn't like feel right it didn't look right um and that's what skating is man it's not. It's not a uh, – like I said, it's not a math problem, man. It's, there's some fucking feeling to it that you want to you wanna feel a certain way when you watch a run.
0: Yeah, that's how um, – uh, we have a hard time explaining to some of these parents uh, sometimes when
1: it is difficult, they don't get dude, the results
0: you, they want for their kids.
1: You use the term overall impression, and, and you try to explain it to them, and you're like, look, it's not just based on exactly what tricks they check the boxes off of. They have to do them right. They have to kind of do them in the right order, yeah. and I can't tell you what the right order is yeah. until you, until you see it. Because like, a, but like when you
0: watch, uh, a lot of these parents are just like, "Dude, just tell me exactly what my kid needs to do." Yeah,
1: yeah, and, and there's like, not an answer. You can't do that. Like, no, nope. no, nope. it's not, it's not that cut and dry. Um, skating's a different animal, you know. Um, Brian Anderson can do the same run as someone else, and Brian's probably going to beat him 99 out of 100 times because his hurricane on the handrail and his back tail on the quarter is going to look a fucking lot better than everyone else's. So, you know, if, if he did it and then this, like, scarecrow-looking dude did it out there, they might exactly do the same tricks, but they ain't doing the same tricks. You know? So.
2: Word. Well, uh... Jeez, ran through the
0: topics I had. Uh <laughs> Nice little conversation there. I want to thank you so much for uh, spending the time with me.
1: No doubt, man. Um, hope I didn't, hope I didn't run too long for no, you.
0: No, no, no chance at all. Uh, ran just the exact amount of time. Um, wanted to run it right until the end when I ran, ran out of talking about shit. So I'm now there rambling.
2: <laughs>
0: so, <laughs> I mean, it looks like it's time to wrap it up. Definitely want to have you on in the future uh, when we get back to, um, when we get, back on the road again start start getting back in the in the contest loop and the the, the world travel and stuff We'd definitely uh like to do some maybe
1: maybe some coast maybe some post contest breakdowns or something like that. Dude, that's know? exactly I what
0: I was thinking. Like, you know, it could just be an episode like, all right, we're just wrapping up in Shanghai, China, the Vance Park series. I got Jason Rothmeyer here. He's gonna break down trick for trick why Oski is the greatest.
1: <laughs> Tight. But Me uh, and Berard can uh, break you down uh, exactly what we were thinking at the time.
0: Hell yeah, man. Well, hey, from coast to coast, good luck to the Lakers. Uh,
1: Thanks, bud. I appreciate it. Good luck to the Bucks this year. They look like, ooh, you guys
0: ooh, got a squad. Ooh, I actually got to wrap this up. I got a fantasy football draft coming up I got to get ready for.
1: Oh, you better get ready. I'm about to go try to root against the Celtics and hope the Raptors can pull this game out.
0: All right, well, uh, <laughs> Rothmeyer, it was a Great talking to you. Maybe I'll see you on the slap message board sometime. Or
1: Yeah, I'll catch you on there for sure.
0: Jeez, uh, I hope I can see you in real life at some point this year. That would be great.
1: Yeah, let's make, that, let's make that happen.
0: But um, Yeah, actually an invitation is in the mail to a certain wedding happening in a couple months.
1: Sick. So, I'd like to see that. If you that's can make why, it, you can make I it. If you address.
0: cannot, I understand.
2: Uh, cool. But I love you, brother, and I hope to see you soon. All right, dude. Good talking to you. All right, man. Peace.